Hello and welcome to Your Life Choices, the podcast. I'm John Deeks and today I'm joined by Melbourne-based financial planner and author Amanda Thompson. Amanda has dedicated herself to improving the financial health of women of all ages. And welcome Amanda. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome indeed. And before we talk about your new book, Financially Fit Women, tell us about your amazing journey. Well, I've had a journey. I'm not sure if you seem to think it's amazing, but I uh, started life in the financial planning world of the corporate banks, which is a whole nother podcast in itself, and branched out into my own business, which is truly dedicated to finding a way to have a voice for women in finances, but also giving financial advice in a both accessible and affordable way. Ah, uh, but hang on. You're brushing over a few very important things, such as uh, uh, an event that occurred to you in your 30s? Oh, so I had a heart attack at the age of 34. Was this anything to do with working in the financial world? I did say it was a whole nother podcast, yes. Um, so at 34, I found myself in ICU with a heart attack, which was purely burnout and stress. You uh, have gone on to look after yourself, not only financially, but certainly physically. What was the transformation physically, first of all? Well, physically, I had to have a long stint off work and being a single mum bringing up two kids had plenty of time to stop reset to make sure I was living life the way I wanted to. I'd always been quite fit and you'll start to see the um, play on words with my book in that another little blow came to me where I was diagnosed with melanoma a few years after my heart attack and I just wasn't ready to accept having to deal with another health crisis head on. So I took up Ironman triathlon and I think that's where you're headed and I've managed to compete in my age group quite successfully at um, world championship level of Ironman triathlon. Wow, that is something else again and if I could be so bold as to ask, you're, you're physically okay now? I am. I have to watch though. I've, my heart's got uh, an irregularity that I need to, to watch and monitor but obviously doing things like finance and fitness, I combine the both and I have a watch that tells me when I'm exercising too hard or um, I've learned to listen to my body plus my age is catching up with me so I learned to listen to that as well. We're here to talk about not physical health but we're here to talk about financial health and it's well known that women do face a number of unique financial obstacles uh, Amanda. Gender pay gap. Now, just take one at a time. I still can't believe in this day and age that women have a different pay grade to men. How does that work? How is it still a thing? It's a funny figure. And when we look at any of these statistics, I think that we need to delve a little bit further. Yes, it exists. The way they calculate it, they're not lying. It does exist. However, we've got to think of the fact that it's still talking about women that may not have been in the workforce as early as men. So it is an average. Now, and women weren't allowed to work um, until 1962 off the top of my head. If they got married, they were told they're not allowed to work anymore. So it's not that long ago that women weren't working. So there's a gap there. The other gap that exists is these career breaks that we take, normally for children. So we miss out on pay rises and the like. So therefore, someone of the same age could have a different pay grade purely because they've taken time out of the workforce. Financial abuse, like elder abuse, like any abuse, is a big subject. And there's a podcast again, all on its own. But financial abuse, whether it be a power used by a partner to control a situation or to punish somebody, uh, but Financial abuse is, is a big one. 
It is. And here's another statistic for you, which will probably scare a lot of people listening, is that the highest growing demographic of homelessness in Australia is women over the age of 55. And that comes down to these gaps in financial literacy. But a lot of it is the financial abuse slash domestic abuse that occurs. It's a tough one for me because I really feel it because domestic violence isn't necessarily always cuts and bruises and women in particular do suffer that emotional abuse and again when you come to being a mother in particular some of these forces go into play where you are quite selfless and you live life for your children and therefore I suppose your trust and your lack of belief in yourself with finances diminishes until such a time as you're forced to make decisions around it. I'm hoping to do more work in that space myself because I feel really strongly about it heard of many tales of uh, ladies whose husbands have passed away and they suddenly have to rummage around the desks trying to find the bits and pieces and the scraps of paper and goodness gracious it's hard enough trying to get through the bank let alone all the bills that keep coming in saying you know where is your husband well he's passed away and, and that can go on for some time but suddenly taking control of finances is a big one. It is. And I think that it's why I'm such an advocate for learning at whatever age about finances, because as a woman, if you can learn something that you could teach your still alive husband, then it's important as well. And estate planning and just planning for your future in general is really important. And I think that we need to view that as really looking after our family, which is what most of us want to do instead of you know, closing the book on it and thinking it won't happen to me or tackle it later. I mean, I was 34 and I was faced with that fear. I feel so cross with the guys who go, don't worry about it. That's, you know, it'll be, you'll be fine. You know, you'll be looked after. They all sort of assume, well, not they all, I'm generalising here, but so many of them assume that, uh, well, you know, pat on the head, you don't need to worry about it, I'll look after it. Uh, and that's just not the case, whether it, there's a, a breakdown in the marriage or, or there's a passing of the husband. And you know, this is my argument, John, that emotion and money do not mix. They they really don't. And I could sit here telling you so many stories of that, both people passing or or still alive. Well, that's actually one of the things in your book, you talk about emotion and, and money. Yeah, it is. And if you think of any decision that you've made, and I've had men argue this, it's funny, the only people that argue this point with me are men. So that's interesting. But any decision that you make, and let's use buying a house. It's not a financial decision unless you're going to flip it. It's an emotional decision. Most decisions we make are based on emotion. They just have a money attachment to them. Now, your book, which has just been released, and uh, congratulations, Financially Fit Women, uh, how did that come to be? Again, from my years in the financial planning industry and corporate, something started to eat away at me and it was this concept that financial advice was exclusively for the wealthy. So people thought that their financial status or that they couldn't afford it was something that was stopping them from seeking it. And so I want to change that because we've started a little bit on it. As much as there's that stigma there, the common thing that most of us have when we're talking about money is fear. Our driver to seek advice is fear. Fear that we won't provide for our family or fear that we actually won't have enough in retirement to last through what our life is. And the funny thing about this fear, there's no status attached to it. We all feel it. So why should financial planning advice be seen as something for the wealthy or you have to have a certain amount of money in the bank or earn a certain wage? 
And so that was the catalyst of change. So me writing this book was something to get people in the privacy of their own homes, if they were too embarrassed or not sure whether they did need any help, was to start with just reading a book to give you some guidance. There's some real world advice in there, some very practical tips, of course. Who did you draw on to get uh, some of the, the, the incredibly practical parts of this book together? I'm really blessed. So as much as I say that the work in the corporate world was a whole nother podcast, my clients have come from all walks of life. I've seen successful clients, high-flying corporates to people living on the pension and watching my own mum go through life as a single parent and now becoming a mother myself, having that understanding of what life was like for her. But also, as I said, um, life's thrown me a few curveballs and I I try to share quite transparently with my story so that people can hopefully resonate with a single part of it or know someone that does that gives them the ease of working into the book. And I haven't uh, told you this, but we're going to throw a real world client at you now or, or, or case study. There's somebody who's going to join us by the name of Helen and I'll get Helen now to just come into the room. You didn't know this was happening, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> Helen, welcome to us. Um, very briefly, uh, your financial position and questions that you may have. Um, first of all, your age, if I may, can be so bold, just to give a, a reference. Sure. I'm 58 and I'm separated and I work part-time four days a week and I rent. And um, my questions are I'm obviously not old enough to get any of the seniors' benefits, but how do I plan for something unexpected like the loss of my job? At my age, it's so hard to get work out there because of um, people are ageist. So if I was to lose those four days a week, what do I do to begin rebuilding or just surviving really for rental and my cost of living? So first of all, your story is actually not just of a 58-year-old. There are so many people that live paycheck to paycheck and doesn't matter what age you are, I would suggest that if that's a fear of yours, you need to start filling that gap. And the gap that you've told me is I don't have a buffer. (laughs) And so we need to plan with every paycheck to be saving that buffer, whatever fits into your comfort level and your your lifestyle. So the first thing you do is realise that you have a pain point and you start to save for it. The reality is that it could happen to us. And so we live in a lucky country in so many ways that there are well, the government does provide us with assistance. There are things like healthcare cards that if you're only working four days a week, you could be still eligible for some of these concessions now, including rent assistance. So you're never too young to look and get a knowledge of what's available to us in our Centrelink or social security system. And that would be your first port of call if you really did find yourself in that situation, is go straight to Centrelink and request some financial hardship assistance. There's a little fallacy in when we can retire. So at your age, and you're testing my actual knowledge here, but let's say you can access your superannuation at 60 if you have retired. So what's going around Australia at the moment is the pension age has changed to 67. It's just that the age pension eligibility age has changed to 67, not our official retirement age. So worst case scenario, you could also look to access your superannuation. I'm not advising that you use that as your first port of call because that's got to last our lifetime. But I think the first and foremost thing is to one, tell you you're not alone. And two, now you've recognised the fear, don't just go, what if, do something about it. Yeah, then that's great advice. 
could you let me know a little bit more about the super and what I could actually um, do, you know, to make my super work better for me? So the first thing is to audit your own superannuation fund, which everyone can do. And you can buy my book. (laughs) Um, And there's a whole chapter on money for retirement, which guides you through some of the steps. But a lot of people don't realise how big, even small extra contributions to superannuation can be because we're talking about compound interest. So even $20 a pay, if Um, you did at salary sacrifice could end up being actually a saving for you. So there's a couple of things that when we talk about contributions to super, which people don't tell you, make sure that you're making a contribution that's right for you because there are tax advantages going into superannuation, but it costs you to do that. And so you've got to come up with the right contribution strategy for you. Again, especially as we reach a certain age, if we're working part-time, the government still has their co-contribution scheme, which if you're earning under a certain amount of money, they'll match some of what you put in or a portion of what you match. So it's really important to see what's available to you in those brackets. Where does someone like Helen, who doesn't have a financial advisor, where does one go? It sounds also confusing. My first protocol is Money Smart. The website is a really great resource hub. I'm sure that your podcast would have access to lots of good resources as well. The super funds, the super funds themselves have great calculators. So Australian super have great calculators. CanStar, um, there's one called Super Guru that's really good. Anything you want to know about your super, you can plug into calculators. One of my favourite tools, but it's also the one that can scare us the most is, and I think it's Super Guru, could be lying, but it shows you what your balance is in comparison to other women of your age. So not just men. So it gives you that, am I above the norm, below the norm? Um, But also when we're talking about retirement, it's really important to map out your own retirement, not what the government tells us is a great retirement salary or what we need in superannuation. You know, there's always that golden, you need half a million in super to have a comfortable lifestyle. But half a million could be too much for you and not enough for me, depending on what it is that you want to do. So mapping out what retirement looks like to you, you can use these calculators to go, okay, well, this is how much I need in super. So there's a lot of free resources out there, but also there's Financially Fit Women, the book. (laughs) Do you have any other questions that you would like to ask? I mean, here she is. She's a guru. She's written the book. I don't think so. I, th- I think Amanda's answered them all for me, which is great. And I'm going to get on the websites and have a look at them all and read the book. Got one little bit of advice for you. You mentioned that you were single. So it's really important with superannuation to check your beneficiary because if you're newly single or you haven't looked at your superannuation, chances are you could have your ex-partner as your beneficiary and it could still last. All advice given here is only advice and you should uh, check with your financial people if you'd like uh, more accurate advice because this is a very general talk. Absolutely. It's general advice only. We've got all the disclaimers everywhere, haven't we, John? (laughs) Helen, thank you so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. Amanda, you've just handed me a very interesting sheet of paper with some very interesting points. Before I read a few of them, what am I holding? It's it's a little snippet on why I feel that setting personal goals is the first step to reaching financial success. I'll read just a precy of them, but they are available on your website. Endurancefinancial.com.au Endurancefinancial.com.au And there's, I'll just read the headlines of some of these points. And number one, 
relieves financial stress. Financial issues are one of the leading causes of stress well-being survey, said that. And you should know, you had a heart attack through it. Uh, Number two, enhanced decision-making. And the next bullet point, direction during hard times. Tell me about that. So if you think about, um, it's a little twist on sport and anything else, when you're faced with a decision that you need to make, if you're not aligned or your goals aren't aligned to your personal being, making the wrong decision is quite easy. Whereas if you can sit in self and say, I am driven by this, I can make a decision not to sacrificially spend on X, Y, Z, because I know my big picture plan is this. And so much of this is all about fear, isn't it? Uh, Number four, improved relationships and communication. Yikes, there's a big one. It is huge. And again, well, as humans... We can talk about our goals and passions much easily than we can about our bank balance. So if I told you, John, that I really want to travel overseas every year for a triathlon, you could call me crazy, but we could you could understand that I'm personally driven to do that. And so therefore, when I put money towards that, you know it's really important to me. We're less likely to fight about it. And uh, number five is fulfilment and life satisfaction, something of which you've just alluded to. It is. So my goals at the moment, you know, as, as I'm 47, so my goals at the moment are to travel overseas for a triathlon every year. And so when I get there, it's the positive endorphins of achieving something. I'm more likely to go, oh, I'm going to go back and do this again because I've achieved it. It's like getting a pat on the back for something, except you've done it yourself. I'd very much like people to go and uh, check out uh, your website, endurancefinancial.com.au, and also take a look at Financially Fit Women. It, it's interesting that you use the financially fit because obviously, you know, you've found fitness. It has, and there's Endurance Financial. My mum named that, knowing everything about me. You know, I've obviously got a passion for living a long life, even though I've uh, been tested a couple of times. Amanda, I hope this is not the last time we speak because you've got a a lot of wisdom and we're going to invite anyone who's listening who has questions to either direct them towards uh, information page here on Your Life Choices or, of course, they could go to you at endurancefinancial.com.au as well. And and we'd like to, uh, to get some more feedback. Anytime you want to have a chat, I would be more than happy to. I want to help as many people as I can and I want to do it in the way that I know works, which is my way. I hope you found this podcast to be of help and of interest and please just don't think about it. Get some information, get your will sorted out and get your financials sorted out and there is help out there and we're hoping that this podcast was of some help as well and until next time this is john deeks on behalf of all of the team here at your life choices be happy be well be financially fit and we'll see you soon